Encounter Local. Come on, George, I'm happy to be here. I help leaders go from anxiety to authority under pressure. And then let's go and get it. It's an ecosystem. The hardest part here is going to be getting me to shut up on this one. Conquer Local with Vendasta, hosted by George Lee. This is the Conquer Local podcast, a show about billion-dollar sales leaders, marketers leading local economic growth, and entrepreneurs that have created their dream organizations. They want to share their secrets, giving you the distilled version of their extraordinary feats. Our hope is with the tangible takeaways from each episode, you can rewire, rework, and reimagine your business. This is our 250th episode, and we want to celebrate with you by introducing video to the podcast. Conquerors, you can now view the Conquer Local podcast on our YouTube channel. And if you've been listening since day one, we want to say thank you for your continued support. And if you've been listening recently, thank you and welcome aboard. To commemorate today's episode, we wanted to take it back to the roots, selling with love. I'm George Leith, your host, and on this episode, we welcome Jason Mark Campbell, the author of Selling with Love, Earn with Integrity and Expand Your Impact. Jason is also the host of Selling with Love, the podcast, where he's interviewed over 300 people and reached millions in the process. His mission is to teach companies to care more and recognize the power they have to take responsibility on selling and marketing. Previously, he worked for Mind Valley for seven years, a personal growth ed tech company, and was responsible for million dollar product launches and handling PR for a New York Times bestselling book. He is still an author and a host on that platform. Stand by, Jason Mark Campbell is coming up next on this episode of the Conquer Local Podcast. Two hundred and fifty episodes of the Conquer Local podcast, and we are now moving into a new era of video. And joining me on our very first video podcast as we celebrate two hundred and fifty episodes, Jason Mark Campbell, joining us all the way from Bali. Jason, thanks for coming to the show. It's a pleasure to be here. Get to tune in at a different time zone, but it's fantastic to get on the show. Super excited to share, and we got a nice uh, round number, so we're going to bring the fire and have a good time too. Well, and you get a great set there, um, and it's exciting to have you on the show. You are an author and podcaster and fellow Canadian, but you've, you've now transitioned to Bali, and that must suck. <laughs> it's not too painful, to be honest. But uh, yeah, I've been out in Southeast Asia for the last decade, to be honest. I found myself finding some work out in Malaysia, uh, and then an opportunity opened up to head over to Bali. Then this thing you might have heard of uh, happened called covid and uh, that made it a little harder to travel. And I was unfortunately stuck here. Uh, but luckily, um, I have to say they responded very well. They made it very easy for us to stay here. Uh, and then what I've done is just kind of set myself up, being able to still serve the people I serve, share what I share, and uh, get to live next to the beach. So not a bad thing. Well, great. Thank you for joining us on the show. I've had a chance to listen to the podcast. It's excellent. I love the theme of your book, Selling with Love. And, um, you know, when producer Sully was telling me that we were going to have you on the show and the theme was selling with love. And we're thinking back over the 250 episodes, I had a chance to do some reminiscing. You know, I'm, I'm a proud salesperson. Um, and that's kind of been the theme behind the entire show was to 
highlight some great sales tactics, highlight some methodologies, introduce our audience to sales leadership and, and new thought processes. And when I look through your biography and the book, you have an interesting take on sales. So I'd love for you to, you know, kind of give us an overview of the way that you look at sales as a part of this, our celebratory 250th episode. Fantastic. Well, as much as it's fun to be on the 250th side, and you know, there's some new ideas we can share on this podcast. And what I'd love to just remind everyone is the fact that sharing ideas around selling with love is nothing new that I'm bringing to the table, quite honestly. Matter of fact, I'm actually just trying to remind people about the foundations that have been working and successful all this time. You know, you go back to some of the original books like uh, The World's Greatest Salesman, you know, published out in the 60s, 70s, and they talk about some of the biggest secrets around sales and love found, finds itself in one of those scripts as one of the foundations. I mean, George, you're sitting here, you're someone who loves sales. And just the fact that you're coming with that energy makes you stand out as a salesperson. People feel it. There's like an energy transfer of enthusiasm. And if you've seen somebody in love, that comes with a natural level of enthusiasm. So as someone who grew up and people thought I was a little strange, they're like, wow, Jason really loves to sell. That's a really interesting thing. And, you know, in this process of falling in love with self myself, I can see how it's helped me in my career. It's helped me with, you know, communicating with people, helped me in my personal life. And uh, for anybody in business or in sales, particularly, if you can have that mental attitude around sales, it becomes a beautiful thing. Now, what I'm hoping to encourage with people that either listen to the podcast or pick up the book is if there's any kind of sales reluctance, or if you're someone that's always looked at sales thinking like, oh, it's yucky. Well, I'm really trying to go to the root as why people hate sales, flip that around and see that you can fall in love with sales too, and do it in a way that is impactful and done with integrity. If more people start to do that, we're going to solve a lot of problems on this planet. Well, Jason, I, I love the mission that you're on and I agree wholeheartedly. I, I have never met a successful sales professional that hates selling. It just, it doesn't line up. It doesn't make sense yeah. to me. So mindset is a really important part of this. And I, I want to talk about the four levels of emotions in sales. That was the one thing that has just stuck with me after I read the book. So let's walk through each one of those four levels in, in the way that you see it. Yeah. So I think you actually described it quite accurately where you say you haven't seen any sales professional not be in love with the process of selling, right? And I think one thing that we can agree uh, in the field is not anybody that's in the world of sales is doing it as a professional. Matter of fact, there's a lot of people that might be at the beginning of their journey. And some people maybe have been miseducated along the way. And what I've noticed is that kind of vibe, that energy or that emotion that you show up in sales usually gets transferred to the person you're communicating with. They feel this kind of vibe, right? And I've noticed that there are four major vibes that usually come across. And I dissect them a little more in the book where for some people that are completely resistant to sales, like you're talking about someone that's making every kind of excuse. There's an appointment on the calendar and there's like a cringe to it. It's like, oh, oh no, okay. What am I going to do? What am I going to say? And you're nervous. You're almost like, afraid of the responsibility that comes with selling. You don't want to have anything to do with it. And so you dread the concept of selling. I call these the shame and guilt blockages, right? As such, you've noticed some people that might show up with this kind of vibe and you're not effective in sales. You, you make excuses. You, you go out for a coffee and I have to have everything perfect before I pick up the phone or, oh my God, I'm just trying to, like somebody cancels an appointment and you almost get excited about it because you don't need to go and have that conversation that feels so maybe awkward, fearful. It's not a good place to be. 
it's not a place that you would be very long in sales because, well, one, you'd be very miserable doing it. And num number two, you probably won't bring a lot of results in the process. So oftentimes I start to do an investigation. And I would say for people that are sales professionals, this is probably something you've overcome already. You know, it could have been from some of the fear of rejection that could have come up. There could have been some of your own experiences in sales that might have left you with a sour taste in your mouth, whether it's you getting screwed over on a deal or having someone you know getting screwed over by a salesperson thinking, oh my God, am I one of those? I don't want to be like that. I want to be better than that. And so the concept of stepping into the shoes of a salesperson might feel not that smooth. And so there's almost a shame associated to it. So I help people identify where does that come from? Why is it there? And how do you overcome it? Yes, there's an element of practice. There's a lot of belief and mindset that needs to be reprogrammed. And one of the things I love the most about salespeople is they understand when you start putting the work into the mindset, learn the strategies and coming into learning these strategies with the right mindset makes your results happen directly. And we can measure that pretty quickly. And so the feedback loop is so fast that most salespeople embrace personal growth, embrace this idea of mindset and find themselves be able to grow out of that quite quickly. But if you're at the beginning stages, you want to be able to kind of dissect that, identify it, transcend it. And I walk through that a little more in the book, but you want to be able to at least be aware of it and realize that there's some way better ways of selling. Is that enough details for you, George? Do you want me to move on? Well, Jason, I love the way that you put that forward. And I'm sure I was sitting there remembering being a young seller first time, having that guilt that you know I drove three hours to make sales calls and I was nervous and fearful and maybe didn't make the calls that I should have made. Um, and then, you know, relating back to when I felt that a deal didn't go properly for me. And then you're like, oh, am I that, am I that type of a salesperson? Um, when training a new rep or when taking a senior rep and teaching them new methodologies, which a lot of folks my age are having to go through right now where, you know, you used to sell one thing and now you're being asked to sell numerous things and solve numerous problems. I find that those two uh, personas are the same. You got the brand new seller that is getting over all of that initial fear, but we also have these experienced sellers that are learning new methodologies and new tactics, and they have that fear again. And I've actually experienced that myself where I'm like, God, is it 35 years ago? I'm going through the exact same emotions. Have you experienced that as well? Yeah, no, not at all. See, once you've graduated to the level of love, you never have to deal with any of the other emotions. Um, obviously, there's a level of sarcasm there. I've noticed that throughout your sales career, you're going to be touching on all the different emotions. And if there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs. It's a little bit of a roller coaster. But I found that the more I become aware that this is the state that I'm in, the more I can actually start to change that state. So if you don't even know what's going on, it feels like there's a million things going wrong. You have anxiety that's coming up and you're wondering what's this, this discomfort that you have. Um, but once you have a framework like what I'm explaining right now, going like, ah, I see what's happening now. I might want to change my state. So regardless, if you're just getting started, this is a great tool to be able to be aware of that. You, oh my God, I'm stepping into this shame and guilt blockages. I need to do some work here. I need to change this up. And if you've been in the business for a long time and you're getting retrained, it's like those jitters you get when you first get started again. And matter of fact, just last week, I, I got on board with a campaign with a vendor that I'm looking to do business with. And before I start recommending them to all the people I bring on my podcast, they do a ton of sales fulfillment. I decided to roll up my sleeves, get back on the team and start doing some sales calls myself. And I realized I hadn't gone 
to be, you know, very familiar with the products they were selling. I had to get myself onboarded. It was just like getting a brand new job again. I haven't been through that process as a teacher, a trainer. I've been working things for my own business, but I hadn't went in and just really do the grind. And I tell you, at first, those first five calls, there was that anxiety there. But eventually you get back into the flow. And I find with the more experience you have, uh, you can move through these stages and get back to a good state of mind. Selling with love is what I share. Uh, and then you start having fun, smile on your face, results come in, and then you're back on the track. You know, I just uh, been involved in some what we call in-market training with some sales professionals in the radio business that have actually been learning digital sales tactics and uh, digital products and adding it to their stack. And I, I saw brand new reps. I saw sophomore reps. I saw veteran reps. And when you talk about that guilt, shame, fear, you could see it in their faces throughout the entire team as they were going through the couple days of training. Um, you have these four levels. And, you know, we talked a lot about that first one. I think we kind of merged guilt and shame and fear and pride into the first two together. But then we, we get these other two, and you've talked about love, which we're, we're going to definitely talk about love, and I, I, I want to go there because that mindset's so important. But then this idea of, of rational, which is number three in your list of those four key takeaways or those four levels of emotions of sales. Yeah. The rational sabotage is very interesting because what happens is... Um, well, one thing I haven't really touched on is when you're at that fear pride level is kind of when you start learning the sales process and you become very powerful. You know, for anybody who's understood what it's like to start learning the processes of a sales professional, you see that you have a lot of power. You can move people to take action for good or for bad. You just become an agent of change. You're able to move this vibe around, this energy around, and you can get people to do whatever you want. It's really, really crazy because you can say things that make people take certain actions. And when you learn this, you have a choice of, do I decide to care for the people that I sell to, or do I just use what is necessary to get the results for myself and not take any responsibility for the client? And that's a dangerous place to be, which I find for a lot of people that have ethics at the forefront of their mind, want nothing to do with being that kind of salesperson. I'm talking about what you would consider scam artists, manipulators, the ones that give a bad reputation for sales in general fall within that category. But stepping into this rational sabotage that we're highlighting here is people that have said, I want nothing to do with this, yet now sales numbers start going down. They seem to babble a lot more. A sales conversation doesn't come with leadership. Instead, you're trying to give the responsibility of the sale and the decision on the buyer so that if something goes wrong, you can't be accountable to it because you've put it on them to make the decision. This is a really interesting one because fundamentally people do this thinking, hey, look, I'm caring more when a person calls or I'm on a, on a sales conversation. I always say, listen, you don't need to make a decision now. I'll give you a ton of information that you can read through and you can tell me which one you want. And all of this overwhelms the client, leaves the responsibility on them. And they're left thinking, oh my God, like I came for guidance and answers and I wanted a professional to tell me this is the action you should take because from what I know about you and what I know about these products, this will solve your problem ultimately. They don't want to be given the decision to be able to make the solution themselves. They want to be guided with someone they trust. And that's a key distinction between the rational sabotage and this place we want to go, which is love, is how do you show leadership, care, and willing to take the risk to recommend to them what you want them to do based on how you know the products and services. George, there's a funny story I love sharing here, which is the example of 
the man that's trying to take his spouse out for dinner. And I know this is going to play on a common stereotype, but work with me so we can represent this in a sales environment as well. But if anyone's ever had that scenario where it's Friday night and you turn to your spouse and you say like, oh, uh, are you hungry? And they're like, yeah. And then you're like, what, well, what do you want? Do you want some, do you want some Mexican food? They're like, nah. Do you want some Italian food? Nah. There's no decision that gets made and you keep listing and listing and the person's just like, they're given the responsibility to make the decision when they do not want that. They want to be led with confidence by someone they trust. Because on a Friday night, it's not about going and listing everything so they can make the decision. Then you'll be like, look, we did go to the Italian restaurant. You chose it. Now you're, absolute, you're, you're, you're letting yourself not need to take the responsibility for the person that you care for. The difference of that versus selling with love is coming up on a Friday afternoon or even Friday morning to your spouse and say, listen, I'm going to finish work on time. I want you to be ready by 7 p.m. We're going to take off. I'll take you to a fancy restaurant that I know you've been dying to go. You've talked about it for weeks ago, and we're going to have that reservation set for 7.30. Wear an amazing dress. I'm going to get ready as well, and we're going to have an amazing time. We haven't left the house for a long time. This is finally the time to do it. Are you in? Is a very different energy than trying to list and put that responsibility on the others. So tricky one here. Because a lot of people think they're doing good by putting that responsibility on the buyer. But I want to remind everyone, selling with love comes with having the courage to take responsibility, caring enough for understanding the others, and leading them towards a decision that truly solves the problem. Is this making sense? Well, it makes a lot of sense. And I'm now running a number of faces and scenarios through my mind where I've watched sales professionals fall into this trap of they feel that they're doing the right thing for the customer by putting it all on the buyer to make the decision, but yet they're forgetting that part of selling is around that idea of leading. And you know the manipulation thing, I wanna to touch on that because the, the way that I've quoted this over the years is it's you know embrace your inner Spider-Man and uh, with, great response, with great power comes great responsibility. As you learn the ability to lead a prospect to the promised land, you also could do bad shit with that and you could do it for the wrong reasons. But if you are leading that prospect to something you truly know will help their organization be more successful, you owe it to that client to do it. And I, I've actually had that conversation in the last two weeks with senior sales professionals that have fallen into this trap of, well, the customer has to make the decision. Well, yes, they do, but you are, you're not helping them to make the right decision. You're just leaving it out there and they can make 50 different decisions. And one of them might be to do nothing. And that's not going to help them reach the goals that they have. Also, I don't necessarily know if you're in this rational sabotage part of your career, or maybe that's the way that you're built, that you just feel that I don't want to do this because it might be considered sleazy and manipulation. I don't think it's going to work out for you in, in your career. I also find these people, and I'm now I'm stereotyping as well, but I find them to be the ones that make excuses all the time. Here's all the reasons why I didn't hit my quota. Here's all the reasons that, you know, I'm not earning to my potential. Here's all the reasons why I'm leaving and going to find something different. And actually, when you really dig into it, the reasons are is that you have a problem for every solution. Have you found that as well? I see you nodding, but I, I'm wondering if you found this. And, and then how do we help that individual break out of that pattern, which really isn't going to serve them very well in their career? Yeah, I'm nodding for a good reason because, yeah, you're right. There is a strong correlation with that. There's always going to be wiggle room excuses. They'll come up uh, and it's almost like you will use virtue signaling as to why you've justified using these methods. You've said it yourself. Well, you know, it's ultimately because the buyer, you want to take care of them. I'm, I'm just more caring for the buyer. I'm not like one of those manipulative or hard. I don't want to do any of the hard selling. 
I don't know about you, but I have some friends that I've actually really hard sold into getting into the gym with me one morning at 7 a.m. And they were damn happy that I did so at 8 a.m. Once we were done with the session, they put on a sweat. They got the goals that they had set for themselves to be able to get in a better shape. And I was able to be a supporter in that powerful decision. That's what leading is. And that's where sales happens. Like, forget the product and service scenario. Sales is happening all the time. And we're all salespeople. And here's one thing that I often tell for somebody who's very afraid of going towards what it looks like to lead a process of selling is I say, it's not manipulation with the right intentions. It's empathy. It's caring enough to speak the language that is necessary for people to take powerful actions for a future that they want to see themselves in without the problem. And if you know that what you offer is so much more than what you ask in return, then it is your duty to communicate it boldly, to lead them to a promised land that I swear you will build an amazing sales career if your intention is coming from that spot, which I basically call selling with love. Well, I'm, I can obviously tell why producer Sully got you on the show today because you and I are kindred spirits in that. Let's get to, let's get to the love. Um, and you know, how many days out of the course of a year, Jason, do you wake up and say, I love my job. I love the fact that I'm going to be a professional salesperson. I, I, I like asking this question of lots of the guests. Is it 365? Like, do you knock it out of the park every day? Like, where, where are you at on that leap out of bed? I love what I'm doing. I would, I'll be honest with you, George. I think I go into cycles. Like to me, it's like, I'll have like months that I'm like fire month and then it'll be all good. And then I'll have some other months that I'm starting to question. And I haven't been, as I mentioned, in a direct sales role. I've actually been building my business and doing a lot of different functions, building a team. Uh, and I think one of the more exciting things I've been stepping into is the difference between getting my hands dirty and doing so much towards leading a team and putting them to do a lot of the tasks. And uh, stepping into that identity has been a beautiful journey. And that actually makes me wake up when I see that they've put together amazing stuff that I didn't even have to touch, processes start executing by themselves. And I had a question somebody uh, asked me this morning, actually, and they said, Jason, you know, how much time do you put a week towards producing your podcast? You know, you're at over 300 episodes and, you know, you got twice a week that it comes out. So how much time are you putting in? A and I almost felt embarrassed. I was like, I probably like two hours, like the whole thing's automated. And I get excited for doing things, automating them and seeing it grow. So I know that's a weird answer to your question, but I'll tell you this much. Uh, it's midnight here in Bali, Indonesia. I'm here on a podcast showing up with full energy. I got another sales call after this. And to me, I'm living the best life I could ever imagine. And I couldn't see myself doing something so extraordinary at this age, in this location. Um, so I feel blessed every day. I think that'll be the short answer of it. I, I uh, love the fact that you were honest because I think that when people see folks like you that are, you know, putting out this great podcast, writing a great book, speaking all over the world. They're like, oh, Jason just does this every day and every day is perfect. And he just exceeds targets and, you know, is just going up and to the right all the time. But we, we both know that that's not really the way that it works. And um, the real true professionals that win in this business are the ones that can manage the ups and downs. And when things are really going well is also the time that you should be grateful. Um, because there will be a downturn that comes at some point. And then when things are down, how are you going to deal with that? Um, you know, the going gets tough, the tough get going. I could list off all sorts of cliches around it, but understanding that those highs and lows are part of the business of the career that we love so much, I think it also helps 
to uh, to even it out and make it where you're winning more than than you may be uh, you may be struggling. On that fourth step of love, you talk about a five step formula, and I wanted to kind of leave our listeners with this five step formula. By the way, you had me at the four levels of emotions and sales: that guilt, shame, fear, pride. Then you get powerful when you really figure out you b- develop those skills. Then you get into this rational sabotage thing, which I've saw lots of people's careers struggle with that. I've struggled with that myself. Then you finally arrive at this nirvana of love where you realize that it's not always going to be knocking it out of the park, but more days than not, you love what you're doing and you're earning at a high level and, and it's, a, it's a hell of a career. But now in this five-step formula, how can we spend more time in love? If that is nirvana, how can we get there with a, with a system? Yeah. No, you, you said it perfectly there, George, because it's really how do you maximize your uptime in that state of emotion, right? That you're feeling good, you're at your best. And yeah, there's ups and downs, but then you can get yourself to the ups more consistently, more reliably. And uh, what I love to guide people towards is this discovery process of what are the answers you need to find within how you're selling so that you can find you know, a checklist that you can go through and you'll be like, all right, are these things in place right now? Or is there something I need to work on? So I'll make it very simple for everybody listening. So there's five loves that I tell you to kind of do an audit here. Love the impact, love the client, love the product, love the process. And the last one, I have a background in personal growth. I did a lot of personal growth education, sales. I've done a lot of work uh, as a leader uh, within a company called Mind Valley that does a lot of this stuff. So self-love is the last one. And it is an important one for the reasons we just listed now, which is there's ups and downs. You got to show up your best, all that stuff. You're going to be a salesperson. It's like, you know, most people that might've went to school and are used to getting A all the time, get into sales and realize you are failing. If you're looking at your percentage below 50%, and you have to realize that hitting thirties, forties, fifties percent, that's still a failing grade, but it's still great success in sales. So you have to overcome those limitations in your mind. And you have to really you know, have a compassion, understanding of this world of sales is so different than anything we've been raised on. So I'll put the self-love aside and I'll go deeper into some of the ones that you'll be able to ask yourself powerful questions to see how clear you are on this. Love the impact. That's the first one. I get everyone to do an exercise, you know, in my programs to be very clear on what's the difference you make in people's lives. Like what's the impact of you selling this product or service to someone? What's going to truly change for that individual you sell it to? And you start really getting clear on that. Now, there's some corporate terms you might have heard that allow you to get clear on this. This could be, well, list the benefits. Um, But I find it so much more tangible for a salesperson when you start thinking, well, what's really the impact I'm making for this person? Like, if I would not sell this person, like, what does that look like compared to when they buy? And how do I make a list and clarify this so much that I'm realizing how powerful it is? Every time I make a sale, how many problems I get to solve in their life. And you can take this on tangents, whereas like if you're selling advertising space, say on the radio, I think you mentioned that this was stuff that you were working with. um, You start realizing, whoa, when I do that, I get these small businesses to get exposure to the right clients. That means they get to actually serve the people that are going to be looking to buy from these small businesses. I get to stimulate the local economy. I get these small business owners. I get to hire more people. And then everything there creates a whirlwind of economy that everyone benefits from. And that's just what happens when I sell an ad to a radio station, which then with that, the radio station starts to have massive revenue coming in as well. 
I have a duty to make as much of this marketplace function because this is stimulating the local economy. And I believe in local businesses should have a, a voice, a way to stand out, a way to serve. And that's why I need to get up, put my shoes on, put that suit on and make sure that I get these ads numbers up because every one of those sales is going to really create a ripple effect that's going to transform this community into what I want to see in this world. That's the level of impact that I want people to go on is going on those tangents and seeing the ripple of everything you sell. Because once you come with that fire, you're unstoppable. Like you come with that enthusiasm and you absolutely love making the sale because you know the difference it's going to make. Is this making sense, George? Well, I, more than sense. Um, I'm, a, I'm a massive fan, Jason. Obviously, we wouldn't have had you on the show, but I'm sitting here listening to you paint that picture. And you're doing it with words and you're doing it with analogies. And that really is what this is all about. It's what sales is all about. But I also noticed the way that you perked up and got excited about the message that you were delivering. And, you know, that's such an important piece. I, you know, we live in an amazing time. We can record, transcribe every call. We can now go back and do film review like I will do after this episode where, you know, usually I have a bottle of bourbon and a box of Kleenex because I'll have to have a couple of drinks and cry because, uh, you know, why am I holding my head this way? But we have that opportunity to adjudicate ourselves. And I want to challenge all of our listeners to take what you just did there around that where we're selling a radio ad, but take what you just did there and apply it to anything that you are offering to a customer base and just do it the way Jason did it. Because I would buy that all day long, not only as a customer, but I would buy that as a professional saying I can really get around, get my head around a reason to believe why I should, why I should do this job. Like why that would be a great job because the impact I have on the economy is like a hell of a lot more than buying a spot, what you did there. So it was, yeah. it was textbook and I love it. Yeah. And you know what I can compare it to the closest is something that I feel most people have ever experienced in their life is those first moments when you start getting in love with someone, right? Like when you start, your friend asks you, you just started dating someone, or you, maybe you've been married for years and you still have that spark of passion with your partner. And somebody asks you to describe that person to you and you go like, oh my God, she's so wonderful. She does these little things. Like, you know, I came to do this podcast today. It was middle of the night. And, you know, my partner, she prepared these like Brazil nuts and almonds just to make sure I was fed. She's always taking care of me. I, I love her. And you can see when someone gets lost in words, when they speak about that passion they have when they're in love. And that's why I say you got to fall in love with sales. Selling with love is about bringing that enthusiasm, that level of energy. And if you know the difference that you're going to make in people's lives, whether it's the individual, the company you're selling to. And one thing I'd add here is even understanding the impact that's going to be in your life. There's nothing wrong with being abundant as a salesperson that's making a difference. And so I even think about, wow, when I get to sell this, I get to do a job that I love, that makes an impact that's positive. I get to serve people that are happy that they've purchased. This is amazing for me too. And there's nothing selfish about that, or rather it is selfish and there's nothing wrong with that. In essence, we need so much more amazing salespeople that are abundant, profitable, and doing good in the world. So we can start shaping it into what we want to see in the world because the world is created at the other end of every sales transaction. This entire material world is the result of a sale and every sale that is successful is a reality that is closer to what we see. And so I want people that be aligned with their values, selling powerfully for things they care about. And if you can get to this level of care for whatever it is you sell, you're going to see more of your pockets be filled, clients be happy. And again, we're going to see a world be a better place. Jason Mark Campbell, author, podcaster. The book is called Selling with Love. 
Jason, if our listeners want to get more of you, of course, they can get your podcast anywhere and your book is everywhere. But also, I notice on your website that you'll come in and do some one-on-one coaching. You'll do sales kickoffs. You'll do keynotes. If they want more Jason Mark Campbell, how do they find you? Yeah, I'll give a very direct call to action for everybody. That's just a way for me to open conversations. I find for anybody who's serious about sales, they know making conversations is the best thing you can do. And we should all be on LinkedIn. I think it's one of the most powerful platforms that we get to connect. And I just encourage everyone to come to LinkedIn, find me, connect with me. But of course, you got to add that note when you do that connection request. And in that note, just mention you heard me on this podcast and I got some checklists that I can give to everyone. I know we didn't cover all the loves, but if you want to ask yourself the power question so you can get in that state of love so you can sell powerfully, I'll give that over to anybody who messages me and it'll give me a chance to connect with some lovely listeners. So connect with me on LinkedIn. I'll give you some goodies. Jason, it's an absolute privilege to have you on the show. Really appreciate having you as our first video guest. You look great. You got a great backdrop there. I love it. And, uh, you know, 250 episodes. We couldn't have a better theme for this milestone, selling with love. Thanks for joining us in the Conquer Local podcast. Absolute pleasure. It was great to be here, George. And thank you for you and your whole team and all the listeners. It was a pleasure having Jason Mark Campbell join us all the way from Bali, Indonesia, as he helped us debug the myths about sales. Jason highlighted the energy, emotion, and vibe that comes with selling. There's always that fear of rejection. It never goes away. I've been doing this for a long time. We always will have that fear. But that could be due to experiences that where we've had things not quite go right. Jason talked about where sales go sour, and those experiences stick with us. But Jason wants us to keep our heads up and specifically think about being better than that. Another takeaway is that practice, practice, practice is the way to help. And it's caring enough to speak the language that is necessary for people. It's truly our duty to lead our prospects boldly and to have good intentions. And remember that businesses have a responsibility. Lastly, there's a checklist that Jason refers to as the five loves to audit. Impact client, product, process, and because Jason has that background in personal growth, you can guess that his last one is all about self-love. Thank you, Conquerors, for joining us for our landmark 250th episode. None of this would be possible without your support over the last five seasons. And if you like Jason Mark Campbell's episode discussing selling with love, let's continue the conversation. Check out episode 540, The Power of Sales Discovery with Brandon Bornison, or episode 510, Why Salespeople Need to Behave More Like Doctors from the legendary Keenan. Please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And thanks for joining us this week on the Conquer Local podcast. My name is George Leith. I'll see you when I see you. You've been listening to the Conquer Local podcast presented by Vendasta. Tune in next week for a new episode. Guest discovery and produced by Sullivan Adam. Marketing by Rory Lawford, Nicole Lozon, and Sullivan Adam. Executive producers, Brendan King, George Leaf, and Sullivan Adam. Recorded at Vendasta headquarters on the Canadian Prairies. <laughs>